I'm Jorge Diner and this is episode 21 of Human Affairs, a podcast that is trying to make sense of a war in disarray. And it's been trying to do this for the last year and a half, almost two years soon, uh, since the beginning of the war in Ukraine, something that really challenged the state of affairs of humanity and this world. And this episode called Diplocalypsis is the third one in a series that started with the outward of the war in Israel, Gaza, uh, in the Middle East, this great war, great war in the, si- in the sense of the size of the war, not about how great is to have war, which is not um, a, a war that Israel didn't provoke. It was provoked by the massacres and horrific acts by, uh, by Hamas. And I have to say for those who have listened to my podcast, and I... Uh, and I was so angry and I expressed that clearly. I just, you know, as we are four weeks into this war, and again, I'm broadcasting from the war zone. I'm in Tel Aviv, one of the areas affected permanently by the missile rockets coming from Hamas, um, as another part of Israel coming also from the north and even from Yemen and from uh, and from other of our front lines. Um, I, I have to say, um, I managed at this point to get uh, over the anger and to really be focused on on the task at hand and I have many and many hats that I'm wearing uh, uh, in the middle of this war but one of those is really about making this podcast available for people to try to make sense of what's happening and trying to make sense when there's so much irrationality and fake news and narratives that are basically promoting hatred and trying to to uh, uh, take minds the minds of people who uh, uh, who might see things black and white and don't get to the to the root of what's happening and and this is what this podcast is about especially in these terrible times there wouldn't be a day that's much better probably uh, as sad as a day like this is than today to speak about diplocalypses you know the apocalypses of diplomacy as we know it and today is November fourth and. 27 years ago today, uh, Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin was assassinated uh, by, a, by a local Jewish terrorist that, that uh, uh, took Rabin's life in his hands and by doing that changed a lot of uh, the history of the State of Israel for the last, for the last decades. But it, I don't want to talk about that massacre, that assassination, but about who Rabin was and what does it symbolize for the situation that we are facing in Israel. Everybody knows it's public knowledge for those who follow this podcast that I am really, I created this podcast, Human Affairs, because I believe in the incredible power of humanity, of compassion, of, of caring, of human values. But Rabin was very clear and he, as many before him, particularly in, in the challenging times of the Second World War and other uh, relatively smaller conflicts uh, uh, since then, he was very clear saying he was really a, a, a humanist and somebody who cared about finding ways for the people in this region living together in peace and even taking steps at the signing of peace agreements with the with the OLP then, which then evolved into the Palestinian Authority, sometimes reluctantly, but basically doing this for the greater values that were behind who he was. But at the same time, Rabin was that general that when 
the existence, the 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 the, uh, the existence or the, the existential uh, threats that were falling over Israel in the late sixties. He was the one leading the country into one of the most successful military operations during the Six Day War that basically uh, secured at that moment the uh, secure borders for Israel at the time surrounded by countries that wanted to destroy. There is another history of what happened after that and you know the, 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 what happened with the, with the territories and the Palestinians and I belong to those people who believe actually yes that you know the strategic direction and the end game should be that you know people should live here in peace with having their own rights and uh, both in, in my side in, for Israelis and for the side of the Palestinians and the people in this conflictive region of the Middle East, there should be ways. And there are ways that we have experienced and that we have done and that are working among with peace agreements with different countries in this region that have, that have grew into what uh, 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 Shimon Peres, another visionary leader of those, of those same times like Rabin, that he, he, he very nicely wrote in his book, The New Middle East, where he saw that economic and social progress will lead into a peace in the region, something that not everybody was and is interested. And uh, today we see the results of that. But Rabin, as I said, he understood that diplomacy was a tool that was very important, but that it came also with the values behind making sure that uh, we don't give up and don't, don't give in uh, to the forces of evil. Um, and this is where we are today. We are today in a situation where the broader conflict that we see between forces that look for destruction, forces that basically, and powers that basically want to destroy humanity in its, in its beauty, in its freedom, in, 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 in the values of people who can live their existence the way they want. Um, basically, these people are dominating what used to be a space of stability and security in the world of diplomacy. And, you know, the, the, the examples of what's happening and the collapse that we see right now in the leading uh, uh, symbol of global diplomacy, the United Nations, are so graphic that I can only remember things that I spoke about in some of my first podcasts when I spoke about, you know, the, how the United Nations had become uh, um, a useless tool to secure that stability in the framework of the war in Ukraine when the aggressor, the, the one that was doing massacres like Butch and Mariupol and, and everything and the, and the ongoing bombing of civilians in Ukraine is actually has veto power in the Security Council, something that I have mentioned so many times. But that could explain, you know, the complexity of an organization that was created uh, to somehow to, to bring balances to, um, to, a, to a war of, uh, of military conflicts that was expressed in the first, second war, you know, the world, world wars that were this massive uh, 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 conflicts tried to be, that were, that the powers, nations were trying to resolve by, by a, a, a winning military wins. Uh, and by the way, you know, killing, killing and getting killed millions of people. Uh, and the United Nations, you know, came to find another way of resolving 
global conflicts, regional conflicts, the geopolitics of the time. If the First World War and the Second World War were this maximum expression of how without diplomacy, then nations would come to, to resolve conflicts, to gain economic power, to gain, uh, put their hands on, uh, on natural resources, uh, get territory or based on, you know, the ideas of, 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 of uh, imperialistic uh, expansion, they will, you know, try to conquer other, other lands nearby or far away. Then, you know, the United Nations came at this place where those conflicts could be resolved in a place where security and stability will be the primary goal. And that was something that really, uh, uh, for, for a long time, changed the way that uh, the world was experiencing. And again, uh, uh, um, in a way, you know, not really, or I would say overlooking some, some of the... Uh, uh, the wars that happened, you know, after the Second World War, we would say that there was a space where, you know, the greater powers uh, would have a place to discuss, veto each other, balance each other, the same way that, you know, in a way, many explain, you know, that nuclear power balance uh, that was created also uh, after the Second World War, where the idea of eliminating each other would basically avoid uh, a military conflict to the extent that... Uh, nuclear war would actually happen. And what we see right now in the United Nations is just symbolized in the Sheikh hand. It's the Sheikh hand of the Secretary General of the United Nations, Gutierrez, shaking the hand of a representative of the Iranian government who just became the head of one of the units of human rights in the United Nations. And when the United Nations formally recognize, not reluctantly, with a smile and a handshake, that Iran, a country that, leaving aside for a second any regional involvement and their support for Hamas and for Hezbollah and for other terrorist organizations that have done, in, you know, inexplicable uh, uh, destruction of lives, families, cities, in ways that, you know, I cannot comment about, and I did it already in previous podcasts, when that handshake, and, and leaving that aside, is basically, think about what happened in Iran. You know, they, they, they kill women because they don't want to wear whatever the government thinks they should be wearing. They imprison people, they torture them. They, they basically deny the most basic human rights. And the moment that that happens, and that the legitimacy that the United Nations gives to, uh, to, this, uh, uh, to this human rights offender, permanent offender, a symbol of offending human rights, basically we can say, you know, the United Nations, that's not anymore, and we really see an apocalypse of diplomacy as we know it. It was built to create a balance, but it looks, you know, since the war in Ukraine and the Russian aggression in Ukraine and the coalition of these forces of evil that is now expressed with Iran and its proxies in the Middle East, it's really back at the law of the jungle. And, you know, I know how much criticism, you know, Israel is getting around the world for the way that Israel is trying to defend itself. And beware those who think that Israel is, is it's only doing this... Uh, 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 this uh, operation inside Gaza 
because of revenge. Nobody wants revenge. We just want to live in peace. But basically, you know, I want to ask anybody in any country, what would you do if 200 or more of your people get captured by your neighbor country, by a government that is basically a terrorist government, uh, and basically they will capture them and keep them hostages, including babies, grandmothers, young children, sick people, and for four weeks, nobody knows where they are and they haven't been returned. How your country will react to that and will it just sit down and wait for these hostages to be returned? Or there are, you know, death certificates or these announcements will be just shared by the same terrorists who are having that. So we're really back at the law of the jungle and, and I, I wish I had an answer to what's coming next. But what I know right now is that, you know, there is, there are, there are, there is a crisis and I, I've been reporting as many more and many others. I've been reporting on this crisis of, of geopolitics and diplomacy based on, you know, these institutions that were supposed to protect the citizens of the world and actually is now playing hand by hand by the, uh, the powers of evil. Um, and I don't have an answer of what's coming next, but I have a clear message to say uh, that this is collapsing. This, uh, the United Nations um, will not be able to uh, exist anymore as what it used to be as a place of security. You know, it's interesting that uh, sometimes, you know, change starts and it was very, very small light or fire that starts and then, you know, is put out very quickly. Uh, the, the defense minister of the Czech Republic actually called this past week for the withdrawal of the Czech Republic from the United Nations, something that was clearly uh, and soon denied uh, uh, by the prime minister of the Czech Republic, you know, of course, keeping balance in the world that we still are living, saying that, you know, that's not what the Czech uh, uh, Republic government plans to do. But these calls to withdrawing from, a, from an organization that cannot protect anymore, not just the people, but the values that it was created, it was created to defend. Uh, it's just the first time and there will be, there will be more. In a way, you know, I remember when I was uh, growing, you know, in, uh, in my, uh, uh, growing my identity as a teenager in Argentina, you know, we were part of the non-aligned movement. And there were two blocks. It was the, the Soviet bloc and the American or Western bloc and US-led Western bloc. And then there were the non-aligned, you know, and I was naive enough to think, yes, there are non-aligned people who don't, and actually, you know, the non-aligned was more, were mostly under the influence of the, of the Soviets and as a, as a hidden proxy to do that. You know, there are so many uh, hidden proxies. There are so many things happening right now um, creating so much confusion and playing in the hands of those who want to destroy the free destroy the free world. Um, so basically, uh, I know I know I'm trying all the time in this pod podcast not just to make sense, but to bring hope. But you know there are moments when actually um, apocalypse is the undesired outcome of any situation. But some things need to disappear for good to happen. And definitely, I'm not calling for dismantling of the United Nations. That's not what I'm doing. But there is a crisis that has reached 
a critical point and we cannot accept anymore that uh, uh, that diplomacy continues to be done in the same way and that people who are uh, offenders of human rights, people who are uh, killing in ways that the Nazis did are now sitting and taking decisions for the way global diplomacy should be done. And that will demand a change and the change will come. But first of all, we need to call it by this name and its name is Diplocalypsis, the collapse of diplomacy as it was built after the Second World War. And soon there will be a rebirth of a new way of bringing security and balance for the people of the free world. This was Human Affairs podcast number 21 and the third on a series of podcasts since the beginning of the war in the Middle East four weeks ago. Thank you and talk to you soon.